What is going on, everybody out there? Welcome to episode 162 of Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil DeJeff Tyson. With me is Neil DeZach Clapson. Neil Disaster Clapson. <laughs> this like the wrestling name for Star Talk. Gazing into the stars this evening, I can see that we're actually on the Hooniverse podcast, and I've done mushrooms. Just kidding. I'm drinking coffee from Starbucks. I am not doing mushrooms. Your pupils this time. are huge. That'd be a hell of a podcast episode. I don't even know if you could do an episode on mushrooms. I, I don't know. It'd not be that long. I've done There'd be lots of pauses, I think. It'd be a seven hour podcast it episode. Would. Hey, can you just bring this equipment with me? Because I want to go for a walk. <laughs> and just come back, like, I saw all these things. And then you tell the audience what you saw. And they're like, what? We don't care. You wandered into a Chuck E. Cheese, you asshole. You played <laughs> fish with your mouth. Month. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> Hey, Zach. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? Who are those other guys talking about those things? I don't know. I murdered them. Um, All right. Still a crime. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yes, you've been traveling, but you're back. I've been traveling, yes. but I'm back. It's good to be in the studio. Um, welcome home, good to see man. You. Welcome home. Thanks, man. Welcome home. Soda Sopa. Uh, so what's going on? Walked off a plane three hours ago. Um, what have I been doing? Uh, I went to North Carolina. And hung out with Lee Keen. Oh, right. Who races for WeatherTech. But this and, is the Porsche uh, stuff, right? Safari. And you can talk about this. I can talk about this. Because I think you this. already did anyway. I did. I well, it's on, it's on Instagram okay. with Matt. Um, the other thing I was doing, I don't think I can talk about sure. it. But uh, the Safari 911. First, Lee Keen is one of the coolest racing drivers I've ever met. Is like, the car white? No, his is his personal one is red, but he's built one, three. There was one in Petrolicious, I think. Yeah. That was the one probably that sold at that crazy Porsche event out here. That was built by someone else. Very, okay. very similar. That we probably was, had the um, same conversation after the episode last time, I think, when we were walking out to our cars. We, we might have. Yeah. That was, so that one was built by uh, in partnership with Joey Seeley from BBI, who okay. left and started his own chassis setup really? uh, company. They left on good terms. It's like that's he's a wizard I'll at that. Still send you that's what he's doing. Oh, totally. And then and then but Tim is doing like engine nice. suspension setup. Um but Lee Keen has, is such a goofy – he's like 6'7", and then we're coming around this corner like power sliding on a dirt road, and he's jumping up and down like swinging his arms for like, go, go, and his arms are like trees. Yeah, like an actual windmill. Yes, exactly. It actually propelled the car right. away from the outside <laughs> of the corner. And, dude, that, that car, like the, the Porsche lore of reliability and all that, like stock engine, stock transmission, never missed a beat. That's fine. But more to that was not a rattle in the car, yeah. like railing down a rocky North Carolina road at speed, sliding, really? not a rattle in the car. See, I don't, I don't, I drove in that 911 we did in a video a while back where I drove, drove uh, John Kerry's 911, and I love that car. car Senator, so Senator John Kerry? No, no, oh. John Kerry, C-A-R-Y, um, like Harry, Kerry. Uh, and it was, it was a 911 that's in process of becoming... A track car, road car, um, but and I'd like the idea of someday having a 911. But it, I'm, I find it much more appealing for it to be like a Safari 911. That just is so rad, so cool. You could go, uh, just sitting in and riding, and I was like, this would be the car to drive across a state or the United States, half off road, go skiing, just put a rack on the top and go wherever you want. Like if you ever got, if you ever got some insane budget for all cars go to heaven, twenty nine. Yeah. For sure. And you guys are crushing it in that space. Um, it would be the best so car. fun. Yeah. It was just, it was, man, it was easy to slide and uh, it rode really nice. The suspension setup was good. It's got these big fat um, tires on it with like 15 inch fukes or 15 or 16 inch. So it looks, it looks appropriate. Correct. It's got yeah. some clearance. Rocks are shooting underneath. It's getting dirty. Lee's never washed it before. And it's just real simple. And because of all the, you know, the oil and everything, the transmission, it just feels like it'll just take you where you want without – there's no turbos to blow off. There's no intercooler piping to shatter. Like off-roading, as I learned recently, like you want the fewest parts possible. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Yeah, it's a real sense. cool idea. That is uh, fantastic. Is, is it times like that? Because I do more on-camera stuff, but I've been lately picking up because I need to make some money some behind-camera stuff. Mm -hmm. And normally when you do behind-camera stuff, you miss out on – some of the action mm -hmm. you get to ride in the cars or, or some of the stuff I shoot, I have to take the car and drive it a little bit, but, but you're not getting to do what Matt gets to do. And every now and then it seems like, like a sh 
some shoots you're like, whatever, I'm here to do a job and I do it. But a shoot like that, there's kind of a little bit like, I really, really want to drive this car. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I get sad sometimes. Yeah. Like legitimately dark, quiet. It, hurts. it totally it hurts. hurts. It, it, that, it was funny because Lee in the middle of the day was like, you know, you could probably drive it if you want. Uh, like when we go back to Tarmac, because he, he'd met me once. Right. And then we started talking about like drift school and other driving, and, and now he kind of learns what I've done. Sure. And, and, he, and I could see on his face the relief yeah. a little bit at like, he was just going to be nice and let me drive it on the street. Right. And then he's like, oh, this guy won't actually smash it. So right. that was kind of a, that was a funny thing to see on right. his face. But then even as he says that, you're thinking about like all the shots you still have to get oh, yeah. for your job. Like you haven't even done your slider shit yet. You haven't done the GoPros. You're like – I appreciate the offer, sir, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get back to work. Yay. It it, it rarely happens. Uh, it, it happened when we shot a Bondurant thing, which is airing now, so I can talk about it. It's like a driver's lesson series. And at the end of the oversteer lesson, we'd gotten really cool with the instructor whose name is Andy Lee. He's a race car driver, really cool dude. And he's like, you guys each wanted to take a shot at drifting the Hellcat? Oh. And it was like – been waiting all week for this, right. and that so that was one of those those moments. It's very rare where it's like you got to do it. Yeah, I got oh, to do okay. it. Like we'll let you drive the thing as you want to drive it. You know, sometimes you get a couple laps, or or right. it gets just kind of feel. Just drive it down and back. Drive it down and back for mounts or something. Don't ever fucking look at it again. Right. <laughs> um, walk away, peasant. Um, it's like if a hot girl has to borrow a pencil, yeah, and then she never comes back with it, and you're just like, I I, I talked to her once. Neat. I, I said sure. I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. I would have used my penis on that for sure. Um, so let's dive into some Hooniverse podcast stuff here. Uh, basically, we got a special week going on on the website, on Hooniverse.com. And for those of you listening who don't know we have a website, get your head out of your ass. The website has existed a lot longer than the podcast, and you all need to visit it more often. So this this week we're doing something called uh, – we call Project Car SOTU. And SOTU is our state of the union. So all of the people who contribute to Hooniverse, and there's a, there's a decent amount of us spread out across the country, um, we give a State of the Union post on our, on our project cars. And normally it's one day, and we cram a bunch of posts in, and if you have multiple project cars, you write about them in one post. We're stretching this bitch out over the course of a week where you break your cars up into separate posts. So I kicked it off this morning with our, like, this is going to be SOTU, and one of our guys in England has an, an Audi A4, and then somebody else has a Vehicross, um, somebody else, there's a 240Z in there, there's a Falcon, there's my truck, there's our Ranchero Lemons car, there's uh, a Subaru Justy happened, was on today, there's a funny thing happening involving a video game car that I'll wait, there's a couple motorcycles, so there's tons of shit that we talk about over our SOTU, and to do it over the course of a week I think is going to be pretty fun. Do uh, does the whole audience have to stand every time you say manual or brown car and clap for like thirty <laughs> seconds and then they sit back down? Yeah, we're, we're basically we're gonna we're we're in Cleveland. Uh, we're we're following the RNC. We're gonna use the same convention hall. They're leaving all the banners up. You're doing you're the a, same <laughs> Heil Hitler handoffs that they were doing at the you're RNC. You're at a Napa Auto Parts yeah, store down um, the street in the back. Yeah. Uh, no, it's um, it's a it's a mix. It's a big range because um, like my truck and then some old bikes and uh, I, I'm trying to think. What else is on there that is – I mean it, 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 it's a massively wide range of cars, So, which is kind of what makes it fun. And I wrote in the intro post at the bottom, like, don't ask about the Wombat, don't ask about the Wombat. Don't. But I am going to do a post on the Wombat. It's basically going to be a picture with me crying and, like, wiping the dust off the hood. So mm-hmm. there could be Wombat news this week, everybody. Yay. <laughs> is it is it too late to think about a different engine choice so the steering would fit? Um, I think so. Because I, 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 I think it's okay. all or nothing, okay. um, which is shitty to say. And technically, we have $5,000 worth of Hooniverse money invested in the car between buying the car and then buying the engine and transmission. Right. Um, which uh, separately, those seem like good prices for the respective components. Now, because of where they're sitting, <laughs> they're not really worth that anymore. Yeah. Because um, I've seen some actual 300 TD W123 mm-hmm. wagons in decent shape for nearly what I paid, which is really low for those cars. Those cars, people charge, especially up in the Bay area Mm -hmm. where, you know, soccer, hipster soccer moms convert them to veggie. And they like, yeah, this one's, it's got 300,000 miles. I'm selling it for an easy 12 grand. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
You're out of your mind. The car isn't worth that. To them, it is. I know. It's crazy. And they'll get it up there, which is insane, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the engine and transmission are bolted in place. Like They're in there. Okay. There um, you go. So we just – there's other things we got to figure out. Scared Shiftless lost a few of its employees, so he's getting a few in. I already said all that shit. So we'll get to that. But if you are curious about all the project car going on at Hooniverse, now's the week to dive in and find out. And there should be something in there for everybody. Um, we got, some, I mean, we got some cool shit. There's a Miata in there. Everybody likes Miatas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got tons of stuff. And there'll be a Hoon truck update. I think I'll probably talk about my radio finally because I haven't done that yet, and I really should. How you like it? I didn't pay. You told me about it before. Um, it, it needs, you just need to move the seat up and then move no, the gas tank. Everything's in there. Um, I, but you don't the have, like, the... seat is where it is. I just can't... I cannot move the seat forward. Yeah, but you need to take the gas can out, and then you can put big speakers Then in. I could add 6 by 9s yeah. which would round out the sound. Yep. Um, but as it sits, there's a, a larger component in the door, a tweeter, and then the sub. So I have, you know, high, medium, low. It's there. 6 by 9s would just make it a little bit... It sounds great. And that's what I'm happy about. What about bazooka tube? My friend had one of those behind the seat of his 57 Chevy Longbed. Yeah. And it was, that was. That is the high kids, school. Kids listening in high school, stereos were terrible. So, yeah. Oh, it's rattling the rear glass. That's so cool. It's just an air pump. Your mirror fell off. That's so neat. Like, no, I want it clean and, and yeah. I'm an adult now. Uh, but I still someday would like to do the gas tank relocation just because. You don't want to have a gas tank in the cab of the truck? On my back. Right yeah, behind you? Right. Yeah. I don't want to do backdraft too. You don't – anything you can do to make that those vehicles less dangerous and right. less lethal, you right. should. I remember there was a time you either texted or called me. You were like, hey – it was, it was like – there was like a warm tone to it. You're like, hey, man, maybe you should do that steering column thing because you saw one rolled over on the highway. Oh, yeah. Was, I think it was an F100. It, yeah. It, it, like it, it hit something and it was – Dude, the whole left side of the cab was gone. It yeah. was crumpled as hell. Yeah, that it was, was probably it was probably like a thirty mile stop and go accident. It probably was. It was probably traffic on like the one hundred and five, and it was just demolished. Speaking of accidents, not to bring up news, um, did you see that accident on the Nurburgring? Didn't see it. I was out of Salsa. I heard about it. Uh, Civic was it went over the fence, right? I no, it hit a stopped car that was being attended to uh, into its side. And the crazy thing is, someone found a photo of it on the track that day earlier in the day. The guy driving helmet, girlfriend in the car, nothing. They both died. I mean, well, I, I, the only time I've been to the Nurburgring, no one in the car was wearing a helmet. I know. And well, because they don't, the they don't require cars, it. The two cars behind that car, none of them had helmets. And, I mean, it's it's the tourist day, the tourist fight, and yeah. whatever the fuck you call it. So it's a road. It yeah. is technically a road right then. You're, it's not a race. You don't need fire suits. You are on a toll road. I think the problem there, and I'm just as guilty as the, of this, is if I go, I look at it almost like a canyon – but I also way. think of it as a racetrack. So I would probably try to go as fast as possible because I'm legally allowed to without thinking of the consequences because it's, quote, a road. And that's how that person or my, or I would get myself in trouble. But like a road, you drive as fast as you can see. Yeah, you do. And then since you also have some experience on a track, you understand flags. So that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess this was a section where the distance between the prior flagging station and the next one is like two kilometers or something like that. Yeah. And, and they, they, they've been calling for that they need a flagging station at this one marsh. Like Dale Lomas from Bridge to Gantry broke it down, and he – I mean he knows the ring very well. Um, he, he's like, we've been calling for a flagging station here for a long time. It's a very sad day. And, uh, and one other person died too. I think three people – or is it two dead, one cr- – the the one whose car was in the initial accident that the marshals were attending to, they were taken to the hospital in like pure like shock or something like that. That's how fucked up they were. Mm-hmm. Two marshals were injured, one critically, um, and I don't know. I think it was two dead. I don't know. But the Civic was a fucking tin can, especially on the passenger side. Yikes! Just absolutely brutal. You you can't have that kind of distance between flagging stations because on tracks like that, when I rode in that on that track. We, we passed flag. They were doing maintenance work, and they had a section that – it was almost like a road where there's like, hey, there's a maintenance coming. There's road work coming. Here's road work. You pass the road work. It says road work ends, and then you're hammered down. Right. And it was just a short – I don't know what they were doing, but it was a short section. And if you pass a yellow and then for you drive for a kilometer and there's nothing going on, it would be easy to make that mistake yeah. of – why were they doing that? Maybe that thing cleared. Maybe it was for a person that moved. You know, We've right. gone around four corners. Absolutely. That's a pretty long distance. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. Bummer. Um, but apparently this is a section where people get into trouble because they drive by the flag, they think that, and then they come upon it all of a sudden. Um, yep. So it's uh, terrible. Uh, let's move on because that wasn't on the schedule. Uh, I drove the Grand Sport. 
cool. Uh, yes, very cool. Very, 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 very good car. <laughs> um, I drove an automatic from the hotel to the racetrack in the boiling, bubbling stew that is Atlanta in the summer. Fuck. Um, but it was smart of them to bring a Corvette to a racetrack where there could be potential for heating issues, even though there's no supercharger under the hood. It was smart of them to do this there. Um, so under the hood, LT1, 6.2 liter V8, 460 horsepower, on track, seven-speed manual with rev matching, and the car was just absolutely fucking brilliant. It has all the chassis tweaks from the Z06. You can get it with the Z07 package. If you do that, it pushes the steel rotors, for, you know, nearly 14 and a half inch front and rear with six piston fronts, four piston rears. If you get the Z07 package, mm-hmm. they jump up to like 15 and a half inch carbon ceramics, which is damn near overkill. How much does that cost? Like seven, six? I don't remember because it also gets you um, Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2s, which are basically like laying toffee on the ground mm-hmm. and match your tires and the aero bits. Um, <laughs> we get four Spider-Mans to grab onto yeah, your tires yeah, and then grab the road. <laughs> it's each corner. Um, but the the braking from 60 to zero, it can do it in under 100, which mm-hmm. is you know always an amazing mark. Yes. From 25 to zero, the car can stop in a distance shorter than the length of itself. I find that fucking fascinating. Whoa. Right? That's fascinating. That's getting near a dime. That's yeah. that wow. So if it's, you know, what, fifteen feet long, twelve feet long? That's that's pretty that's impressive. That's insane. That's really good. That's just grip and binding force. That's cool. Here's the funny thing. I don't know if it is that crazy. Because I've never read what car's stopping distance is from 25 to zero. Very good point. But even if it isn't, it sounds amazing. It's good. Well, so I never, it, it, I never looked a great it marketing up. line. Right. I never looked it up to see, like, maybe right. the 911 Turbo was like, yeah, no shit. We've been doing that for 10 years. It prob- well, it, any car that's breaking under 100 feet from 60 is probably capable of breaking in a similar distance. It's just a metric that's never been said before. Yeah. But when you think about it, I mean, modern braking force is crazy. And real fast, anyone who builds their car and doesn't put good tires on it and you keep building your brakes up, that's a testament also to how important tires are to stopping distance. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of tires too, the the standard Grand Sport can do 1.05 Gs on the skid pad. Remember, I mean, remember when a G was like amazing, hallmark mm-hmm. number. If you get the Z07, it can do 1.2. <laughs> and I believe that's mostly tire. Because you go from yeah, the, the Pilot Sports to the Pilot Sport Cup 2s, which mm-hmm. are just fucking crazy. And I, I, I wrote an article for Jalopnik on the car. I did the first drive, um, which I'm sure GM loved because you know, they don't invite Jalopnik to that. Um, they invited me for Hooniverse, and I'm going to do a Hooniverse video. But I emailed Patrick. I'm like, hey, do you want a story? He's like, yes, we would love one. Love um, so, um, yes. Uh, where was I going with this? Give what was me I your reviews. To I totally lost my train of thought there. What was I just about to say about the fuck? Car? Was that cheese? It was a, a, no, it was, yeah, it was going to 1.2 um, G's. With that. Designing with rulers. Protractors. Fuck. I totally forget. Transformers. It can do 1.2 Gs. Neat. I forget what I was going to say. Uh, so the track was AMP, Atlanta Motorsports Park, which is a lovely facility. Just under two miles, 1.83 miles, 16 turns, uh, actual elevation changes. It's in the North Georgia mountains. And the last time I was there was in like 2013. They didn't have any facilities yet. They just had the track. Okay. Now they have garages and a gym and shower. It's fuck. It's gorgeous. It's kind of cool to watch a track grow, isn't yeah. it? I remember I went to Spring Mountain when it had the clubhouse, and now you go there and it's got garages, apartments, basically apartments two now. tracks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, they they keep saying they're going to put a lake in for jetpacks and like, oh, I mean, Spring Mountain has a good time. Yeah. Those guys are cool. Uh, but just to see it, you know, go from yeah. zero and like Chuck Walla right now has nothing. And and it'll Is probably. To- I'm. Sh- I mean, everyone eventually wants to at least have three buildings. Yeah, <laughs> right, Chuck, right. Chuck Walla has like a double wide trailer, a bathroom area, and scene. Yeah, but I mean that's why like Button Willow. I don't. I don't hear them having any plans to add stuff. They have their some garages. True. And then they have RV hookups because they know. You just want to come to the track, drive everything, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Well, but Button Willow also is in a place that you don't. You don't want to stay there, frankly. Oh. It's not a destiny. And Chuck Wallet also you don't, but it's right near Palm Springs. Okay. So you could you could stay, go out, hang out for a bit. Like it's more adjacent. And there's more wealthy people uh, sure. in the area. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the car, um, the track was awesome, like I said. Um, and there's so many places looking back because it has – I have the, the PDR running in the car, which I can watch my footage. And I talked to journalists on the wave prior, which is good and bad because they're like – there's uh, Michael Harley – 
who's a great driver mm-hmm. with Kelly Blue Book now, and then Benjamin Hunting, a Canadian, Canadian journalist who freelances for a number of outlets. He's a great journalist, too. He races his CTSV. He has a 240Z he races. Michael Harley has a 930 Turbo, or, or yeah, 930 Porsche that he races or drives. He doesn't race it anymore, but they both get a lot of track time. They mm-hmm. both drive really well. And they're like, you, at the end of the straight, if you can hit this, that's a good number. We were hitting this. Uh, one journalist went off cause he tried to hit this number uh, and he said he hit the number and then he didn't make the breaking for the turn, but there was runoff, which was good. And I never hit the number they said, but my lap time was respectable. But for me, I was talking to camera the whole time. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. That's, that's good enough. I'm not here to win races. Um, Oliver Gavin, who's a race car driver for Corvette came in and did some laps like the day before I was there and he was running the PDR and they, Corvette cut that or Chevy cut that into a video and his lap times were like 124, 125, 126, somewhere in that area. I did 134 talking to camera the whole time. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. That's respectable. But the last turn onto the main straight, his entry speed onto that straight was my speed at the end of the straight. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's one area where I knew I just kept not having the nuts to, and it was, and every time I was going faster, 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 gaining seconds, gaining speed, every single lap where it's one of those, like, just give me like five more laps, please. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun course. Again, it wasn't road Atlanta. I made that mistake, but it was a fun course. AMP was a fun course. The car is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. seems like a great formula because it's, it's usable, applicable power, you know, for anyone who's not a pro, frankly. I mean, yeah. 460 is a lot. There's, there's racing series that that would almost be illegal, you know, like, uh, what GT3 Cup, where uh, the Turner M6 runs, they had to turn the engine down because it comes with 550 horse, right? And it's like that's too much. Yeah, they run less than the street car. They run less than the street car, and so like that's a, that's an amount of power. That my fa- one of the favorite cars I ever drove on the track was the Camaro SS1 LE. Yeah, because it was you know 420 horsepower, and I could use all of it, right. but the handling was there, yep. and that's how you can learn that stuff, like the momentum onto the straight, yep. and, and and get comfortable carrying the speed. Because I drove the Z06 at Thunder Hill which was like the second new Corvette I'd, I'd driven. And it was like, this is all, this is a C7. lot of car. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of car It's real quick. I mean, the, but, the, the different driving modes help a lot. You know, you just go to sport two, you don't go all the way off and you can still like get a little bit of you can get angle, oversteer. but, 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 and it's not cutting power on you, you know, but it's just metering it out. So you look like, you know what you're doing. Um, and I, I left the uh, grand sport in sport two and it was just fucking great. Um, yeah, the, the the Z06, people would look at the lineup and go, oh, Z06 is the one you got to get. I'm like, nah, dude, mm-hmm. it's the fucking Grand Sport. Mm-hmm. And it's not that much more over the Z51 because it goes base, then Z51. Then there's a Grand Sport. And then, you know, 14,000 more gets you the entry-level Z06. Um, it's Grand Sport all the way. It, and it's it's a pretty bitchin' looking car. So Yeah, and then, you know, heat soak issues. And, yep. and just that, like, if you're coming out of a corner and you're trying to learn the corner, the the difference in staying on the throttle for one extra second in the Grand Sport versus something with almost 200 horsepower more could be many miles per hour and too many. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, and on the road, on the road, there was a little short road drive. Uh, it was a Grand Tour. It was comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Um, I loved it. So watch for our video soon. I'm I have, I'm behind on cutting some videos, but we're getting that one. I put the teaser out there, and people like the teaser video. I hadn't done a teaser video in a while, so that was good to do. Um, so this week we're the family, we're packing up, headed to the East coast and doing our Audi Q7 road trip. All right. Where are we going? Yeah. With a family truckster flying into Dulles. We're just friends, but it's, it's nice. You think of me as family. Yeah. Flying into Dulles, driving to Richmond, Virginia. There's some big wifey side family reunion down there. And then it's going to be muggy as hell. This whole fucking trip. I can, I just, I feel it, but whatever. Q7 hopefully has cold seats because I'm a pampered, spoiled little journalist bitch. Um, <laughs> Are you just going to drive around the yard and yeah, shake hands yeah. and, and just stay nice in there the whole time? Nice to meet you. Hey, nice just meet you. back up to the to the barbecue and then pull forward down the buffet don't line. Don't touch the car. Fuck off. So don't touch the car. I don't know you. Um, so I'm going to – then we're going to road trip up into the tri-state area to see some friends. And then we're going to continue on up to Boston for Sloan's East Coast one-year birthday party. She's getting two birthday parties this year because – we're fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing her. We already did her actual birthday party on the West Coast, but all her family is on the East Coast. So we have we have to do this going forward. Shit ain't gonna run this way. You're, you're setting her up to request a three month anniversary with her first and third and every boyfriend after that. Exactly. So this is a one shot deal. Um, and but 
more important than the road trip, I've been keeping a list, a running tally of the cars that Sloan has been in in her first year of life. And we're going to run through them. All right. And it's a fair – so we're not going to – we don't have to dwell on all of them because it's actually a, a pretty good fucking list here. And because she's not my daughter, so I care so less than you. Shit, no. <laughs> so the, the very first car is the Dodge Charger Hellcat. That's the one she came home from the hospital in. She's either going to never be afraid of any loud noise or she will have night terrors forever when there's like fireworks or a garbage truck. <laughs> I drove um, – it was the slowest anybody's ever driven a Hellcat. So a hundred, okay. <laughs> weep, weep. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um, the car's the, so um, great. The next car was a BRZ, which was a challenge for a car seat, but it it was almost like she was sitting in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. That's how like I could reach back there and please stop crying. Um, but it was it was it worked. I could get her in and out of the car. It worked. She it was, was a smaller took... car seat back then though, so that was better. Oh, because she was her smaller. current car seat. No way. Um, it was like the clip-in kind, in and out release. After that, it was a Nissan Maxima. Not too exciting. After that was an Audi S6. That's a good one. And then an Audi S7. I mean, and then an Audi Q3, which was terrible for car seats. Why? No room. Really? Yeah. It's funny that, like, I would never, before having a, a child, I would look at an Audi Q3 and be like, oh, that's probably good for young families. No. Not a fucking chance. How would that compare to, like, a Ford Escape in the back? Uh, I think the or Ford Edge. I think the Ford Edge and Escape have a little bit more room, um, I think, because it's probably comparable to our CX-5, okay. which is fine. But the Q3, um, the Mazda CX-3, it's like a Mazda CX-3. Think of it that way. Wow. No Very room. Um, after that, we did a Mitsubishi Evo GSR. So the manual one, the good one. Um, there was a Chevy SS six-speed manual. That was a good one, too. I put her in the back of an Aston Martin Repeat S. It has latch. That's the biggest person that will fit in the back of yeah, that car. Yeah, that was by the she way. was. That was the only person who's ever been comfortable in the back seat of a repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, was, I've sat in one for several hours, so that's why I'm qualified to say that. I felt bad because my wife, who is five one, had to move her seat way up <laughs> for Sloan to fit back there. It's a very weird. I felt like a dick, but I had to do it. Um, Subaru Outback. I mean, that's standard. Mm-hmm. Mazda CX three sucked because getting the car seat in and out. Volkswagen GTE. She got to ride in some forbidden German fruit, oh. um, which it was a golf. It was actually great for car seats, and it was a plug-in hybrid GTI. So it was, it was that's a cool car, the GTE. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be seeing them here soon, I imagine, since we are never going to get the GTD with the whole diesel stuff. Yeah, my roommate has a uh, golf electric golf now. Loves uh, it. I see a lot Very of nice. them. I see Very a lot nice. of them. So imagine a a. A GTI version of that that still relies a little bit on a gas motor. Fun, mm-hmm. I mean, totally. fun car. Uh, Ram Rebel, which is definitely not a Raptor, but fun if you, as long as you can live with yourself by saying, no, it's really not a Raptor. Um, and the nose is ugly as hell. Then we did the Jeep Grand Cherokee Eco Diesel. Fine. Great then car. We, but it is a great car. Yeah. Super expensive, but a great car. But we followed that up with the Grand Cherokee SRT. That's, all, that's, all, that's a very impressive vehicle. I mean, I'd buy the diesel, depending on the, right. the trim level, because it diesel. starts at like 40-something or 50. But uh, the SRT is pretty impressive. Rock. And I can't wait for the Track Hawk version to come out. Oh, that's going to be insane. I, I, on, on Rally North America last year, two years ago, I think I, I ran down someone who had like a built CTSV, and I was driving the SRT Jeep. And obviously, one is not faster than the other. It was driver better than sure, driver. Sure, But it was just a really fun funny moment. You're sitting so high with, like, these big seats and this right. Jeep logo, and you're just like, move. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And the next car was a Cadillac CTSV, um, And then a Nissan Titan XD Platinum Reserve, which was actually, I mean, tons of room in that. So, And she was on them nice leather, brown leather seats. It was, Ooh, it was yeah. a truck. She was a truck girl. Yeah, truck. After that, it was an Audi TTS, which was smaller, but car seat difficult um i probably bumped her head getting her in and out uh we did a ford fusion hybrid which i think was actually my wife's company car yeah that was her company car at the time i don't get shit from ford but right after that was the acura rlx hybrid which was much nicer than the ford fusion hybrid i really like that rlx hybrid we almost bought one instead of the cx5 Mm -hmm. uh acura was we were talking to them we're like can we buy the press car if it's about to come out of the fleet i know it's not smart to buy press cars because they've been beat on no one has beat on that RLX True. hybrid. And it was near the end of its life. It was about to come out, and they were going to give us a really, really good deal on it. It was just more than we could afford to spend. Oh, okay. I thought they had a policy of not selling those, but it seems to vary no, from you can model buy, to model uh, and it, d- it varies model to model. You, some will, um, and we were going to get it for like 
39 when the original sticker was like 56 or something like that. Because I called, uh, what, Ferrari SPA about the F12, <laughs> and, and they kept saying, like, shut up. Uh, no, we're going to kill you now. Who are you? You're oh, fucking yeah. dead to us. Yeah. Um, no, so we almost You are very it. poor. Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, your shoes, they uh, say dog shit. Um, I put her in the WRX STI Hyper Series Blue, which was fine. She like, the chassis in these are better than right. all, they, they were in 2005. <laughs> Is this the limited blue? Um, the <laughs> the, the Audi S4, so she's like, these are boring now. <laughs> the S4 used to be fun, but these are boring. An Audi Q7, so she's revisiting that. A Hyundai Sonata plug-in hybrid, which was non-remarkable. The Genesis sedan 3.8 liter, which is not the 5 liter, but it's fine. Um, Infiniti QX 70S, which they really need to bring a V8 back into that. I know, I know they they won't, but they they need to. They need you know what they need to do is they need to bring back because they won't do the V8. They should put in the um, the Red Sport motor, that mm-hmm. twin turbo six. That's true. That needs to go into it. Quick question. Genesis sedan 3.8, have they fixed the chassis issues? The last Genesis sedan I drove was when the 5 liter first came out. And it's so like, the first gen. This is quick, but man, is it sloppy. Massively fixed with the second generation. Okay. They, went, they actually worked with Lotus to, up, to fix this thing. It's, it's massively better. I wonder... I, I'm just laughing because you see that you see that a lot. Like work with Lotus or th- these great chassis companies. I, mean, I know that they did, but the joke in my head is like when you're when you say you have you had a meeting. Yeah. And it's like you met someone for coffee. Oh. I wonder but, if they like sat down with Lotus. No, and like, they I were think like, they this in, counts. No, I think they brought in like Lotus engineers. Yeah, I'm sure they did. They were a step away from doing like tuned by Lotus, which was let me tell awesome. you two cars I'll never get again. <laughs> yeah. A Lotus and a Hyundai. Right. <laughs> um, after the QX70 was a QX80, which was giant and fun. Uh, then a QX60, which was actually uh, when I first drove that car when it was the JX35, didn't make sense to me. Uh, that and that was years ago when it first launched. Now having a kid, the car's fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, it just it's perfect for parents. There's I mean there's a reason they sell a lot of those. Follow that up with the Lexus GSF, which is great for cool dads. Uh, actually, I think Rutledge Wood has one. Um, Dude. I love the GSF Sport that I drove a long time ago. This wasn't even, this wasn't the F Sport. This was the GSF. Well, so, I, this was, I got it years ago, so they didn't oh, have the GSF. Right, right. Um, but even the F Sport one was fun. But the, the GSF, you know, that ooh, intake mm-hmm. crossover noise that the Fs do, that was a very good impression of it. Uh, Volvo XC90, if we were leasing and not buying our car, I would have tried like hell to buy to lease one of those. Hmm. I fucking love that car. Really good looking. Love that car. Uh, followed that up with a Chevy Colorado diesel, which was so shockingly expensive for what you get. How much was that? I think it was in like high 40s. Mm. Um, and it That's just didn't feel that nice inside. I mean, I mean, I get you're mostly paying for engine at that point, but Jesus yeah. Christ. Because I followed that up with a Range Rover TD6, and it that erased memories of that Volvo. Well, I'm, you know. It was, ha- it was the twice as expensive. I, I had a bad hot dog at the airport, but right. then later I went to French Laundry, right. and <laughs> thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, that's pretty much how it went. Because in the Volvo video, I say, you know, I'm, I, this is a half price Range Rover that's quirky because it's Swedish, and I, I'd probably pick this one. And then I f- I've had the Range Rover a few weeks later. I was like, nope, changed my mind. Yep. Uh, $105,000. I see where my money goes. Because we that's the one we drove to drift school. Car yeah, fucking perfect. Uh, yeah, the the interior in that is way above Volvo. Like Volvo, the exterior, the new exterior, the light language is great, and the I think the engines are good and their dynamics are good. But the interior is very similar to even you know ten years ago their center console. Like a it's, lot of it is well, carried the, over. The, it still has the new screen though, which works well. Yeah, but. They just, you know, you got the same house, you put a new TV in it, you know? Uh, it's a, it's, I think it's a it's little freshen, better. It's freshen. It's yeah. freshen, but I'm saying the Range Rover, it is twice the price. But they put there's a lot a, a of great work into that right. interior. There is a reason it is. Yeah. After that, I did Lexus IS200T with the manual. Not remarkable. Decent car. Would um, that be fun, though, if you put, like, a diff and yes. springs in it and tuned it? Yeah, it would. Okay. Uh, it feels underpowered, but Lexus four-cylinders always do a decent job of feeling more powerful than they actually are. So and, the manual goes a long way in that car. If you got an automatic, it'd be a fucking dog. But turbo engines also tune so easily. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the Mazda CX-5, which is our car, and it's been great. The new Audi A4, which is actually – I still haven't cut that video to get that. The new A4 is excellent. Um, and it took a canyon road for me to really – like just cruising around town, you're like, it's an A4. But then you drive it on a place where the chassis can shine or fall apart, and, and it shined – 
and I was actually really pleasantly surprised. I put her in a VW Beetle Dune, which I apologize to her because that wasn't great. Um, GMC Yukon Denali. I get why people buy big SUVs because there's something about driving that for the week where you're like, I don't need this, but I love it. Um, it's true. It, they're nice, and they're very nice inside. Those and Escalades, I think they've... Well, the, yeah, Escalades come so far. Yeah. So um, the Denali was nice. After that was the Audi S8 Plus, which is just an absolute glorious fucking rocket ship. Holy hell is that thing fast. Uh, inside feels a little dated when you see some of the other newer Audi product because they don't have all the new, like the uh, virtual cockpit and all this stuff. When they update that chassis or that whole, you know, A8, S8 platform, whoa. That would be whoa. a great car to road trip across Germany. Oh, my God. It would be perfect. Um, we did the Mazda CX-9, which was like a bigger, more luxurious version of our car. So it was nice. It was actually – the CX-9 is great. Um, did the Volvo S60 Polestar. Not a lot of room in the back seat. Didn't care because the Polestars are awesome. Mm-hmm. It, the only thing that bugged me was this is the outgoing Polestar when there's already a newer incoming Polestar with where it goes from a six-cylinder to a four-cylinder, the twin-charge motor. So I would have rather have driven that. Twin-charge is interesting. Yeah. Then we did a Volvo V60 cross-country, which was fine. You know, wagon. Of course, I liked it. And then right now outside, I have the Volvo S60 inscription, which is nothing special. Is it just a nice trim? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it's a nicer trim, but it's like a light colored interior where I'm like, eh, I don't like this, um, but it's fine. Again, it, it drives nice enough, um, and it's not priced terribly. It's in the mid to high 40s, so that's mm-hmm. not bad. So yeah, that's what she's been in. That's been her year one of her cars, and that's all the cars Jeff has driven this year, everybody. <laughs> no, there's been some two seaters, um, and you've also done some track or some some press events. It'd be funny if you brought started bringing her on those. Know, right? Right? Uh, here, I'm here for the QX30 launch, and her in the car seat right there. Yeah. Um, no, she hasn't been in the Fiat 124 and some other things here and there. Um, that's cool. What a weird, you know, it's a if you're if you, mix. If you're doing it. it I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how she develops as a person growing up is surrounded by cars put in everything. Like yeah. what, and and if she gloms onto it, how she learns to appreciate and notice interiors and all those kinds of things. Well, it's it's funny you say that because I on the flight home from the Infinity event, I landed in SFO for a layover. Then from SFO to um, John Wayne, I upgraded. I got upgraded to first class, and I was sitting with random people from Mazda, executives, PR people, marketing people who were on a trip home from. Uh, Japan. They just uh, had been out there for something. And I'm sitting in the first row and there's a lady from Mazda in the first row and we're just chatting and she has kids and her, her son is about to, is, has his permit. It was a son or daughter. And she was talking, she's putting things in his head. Like, uh, she, you know, obviously they drive all Mazda stuff and then they'll get into something else because he, he'll be doing a driving lesson. She'd be like, does the steering feel uh, not quite as tight as our car back? She's like ruining his head with wow. Mazda's driving That's matter very stuff. Funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's and he thinks she's like yeah. He thinks he's getting a, a an ND Miata, and they actually have a corporate policy where if your family is under twenty one or twenty something like that, like you, they won't give them that as far, part of the family plan. You could not. Yeah, get smart. It is. Cause it is every, like how many of those teenagers are going to crash? But the good thing on her is, you know, they, I guess kids these days need so many hours of driving school. It's like six or 12 or something like that. She's that seems taking, like enough. She's doing like 25. That's good. Taking him to skip barber. They're going to do the drift. I guess they have a drift school up there now. Up at, uh, uh Laguna Mazda raceway. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm doing the AMG drift school up there. I think skip um, might have something. Skip does one now too. That's smart. I think so. Um, so she's like putting him through the paces. That's good, which is brilliant. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's been that's been the year, and, and I am I am very curious to see. I mean, just in general, but car wise too, of course. Um, so that'll be interesting. But now I'm going to move to your social media questions, dun, and dun, dun. I'm going to start with the wonderful people on Patreon. Yeah, you're not getting away from that, bitches. Um, <laughs> I'm going to answer their I'm going to answer their questions first. So, Dan Mosqueda asks, "What is your impression on the reliability of Porsche 928s?" I have no experience with them. This is a question for Brad from our Camden Tub podcast. You should pose it to him cuz he will know how to answer. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. Musto Musto's knows. Musto knows. Those Roy things, probably knows too. Yeah. Doesn't he have one or has had them? He did have one. Uh, he sold it. He had it for like I think he only had they it for a year. They were the V8s, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, the 928. That was uh, Cause his way, dad yeah, had one. wrong. That was the car from, uh, from Risky Business. Oh, okay. Uh, Dylan Blada says, just a thought. Among others, Kenny Powers told me that they say money can't buy happiness. Have you ever seen a sad person on a jet, jet ski? Maybe it's time to ditch the truck and the wombat and get a Hooniverse jet ski. The Mazda will tow one fine. I'm happy with my truck, though. Um, but I do love Eastbound and Down, so I really appreciate that comment. I just rewatched that whole series like two months ago. I want to watch that new uh – the, pr- the vice principal principal's show. Yeah. Real fast, 928 does have a V8, and I saw one that Matt did a one-take with that was in great condition. It was it was done well as a good-looking car. Um, and then, oh, recently, jet skis. I was talking to uh, Harris. I was working with Chris Harris, and we were talking about jet skis, and I was like, yeah, I always like to treat them like motorcycles you can't get hurt on, and that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um Igor asks, do you think the Corvette Grand Sport would be better off with the 7-liter motor out of the old Z28 so that there's more of a difference between the regular Stingray and the Grand Sport, or is it fine as it is far away from the crazy power of the Z06? I can get why people would want the, uh, what was that, an LS7? Mm-hmm. Um, I can get why people would want that. But I'm telling you, as it sits now, it felt fucking fantastic. It would just be more expensive also. I mean, yeah. that's that's the great thing about Corvettes is the affordability of the performance, and you don't want to, if you start getting into that, like, you know the last Z06 seven carbon right. edition right. thing where you're spending a hundred grand, but it's only the same. I don't know. No, no, I'm, I, I, I'm, I thought the car was great as it is. I, we always like a little bit more power, but I felt like I had plenty of power out on the racetrack. I think people need to drive the things that exist before they wish for something else, based just purely yeah. on what they're reading. Totally, I totally agree with that. Uh, Joel asks, "What is the worst modified car you've ever seen?" I'd have to say that a few years ago there was this crazy fucking thing on Craigslist that I, I think we called like Truckosaurus or something like that. It was like five different cars, all welded together, um, and it's the logo, it's the lead image when we run our um, one of our reoccurring posts. Which was it today? I'm just gonna pull this up so I can see if it was today, and I can show it to Zach too. I think it's. Uh, let me just. Scroll down. No, that's not it. No, that's not. It. Oh shit! I don't know where it is. It's when we do this reoccurring Craigslist post. Um, it's the lead photo for that. It was like seven different cars. It's fucking hideous, and it made the rounds a while back. Be funny if it had a great chassis under it. Though, I know, or right? Something like where you know, just body panels welded together. It's like a and Formula then Ford. Yeah, that'd be super cool. <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna move on to Facebook. Let's jump to our Facebook questions. Give me a second to pull those up because I'm not ready. Um, wait a second. I just saw something in the sidebar. Hold your fucking horses here. Chevy Corvette. Multiple outlets review 2017 Grand Sport is trending on Facebook. I want, I'm just going to click that to see if my story's on there. So hold on a, a minute, folks. Um, MSN Autos. Vincent Wynn. Yep, Jalopnik. There you go. There's mine. How about that? Um, okay. It's always neat when you write for an outlet that actually has shitloads of traffic. Yeah, it's true. Um, I posted – when they posted that that review – Within like the first thirty minutes, it's like it's already at twenty five thousand views. It's like holy fuck! Um, like, so, oh yeah, because you have millions of visitors. Right. That's uh, amazing how that happens. So all right, let's pull up these Facebook questions. Um, start at the bottom. Nick Taylor, what are your favorite two liter turbo engines? Mm, lots of them. Ooh. The Saturn Sky. No, was was that a two liter? Um, uh, well, the four G six three is impressive. When it's together, I mean, because it, it you can turn them up and make a ton of power. Sure. I mean, it, 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 but then they, they have such a but there's like a ceiling, like they make tons of power really easily, and then yeah. Um, and I, I love Subarus because I love the sound. Sure. So the two liter flat four with, with turbo just sounds. Nothing else sounds like it. It's great. Um, I I like the current Ford two liter turbos. Um, I'd have to think about it to go back in time. Me too. There, I mean, there's some amazing ones back there, but just off the top, that's the one that pops into my head first. And I know there are some older ones that I like better, but that is a pretty darn good motor. So I, I'm just going to say that for now. Greg Pallet asked, Jeff, ever miss the Honda? Oddly enough, occasionally I do. That was a really fun little front driving car. Um, I don't like, it's not like a drastic yearning to get another Civic in my life, but it was a cool car. And every now and then I definitely think about it. I think actually real quick, on a different criteria, one of the best two liters ever made is Volkswagens because they make so much power and so much torque with just a little bit of tuning. Yeah. And they're, it's like, it's such a huge jump and it, they're so smooth and their torque band's really good and their power band's really good. That's a very impressive kind of underrated engine. There's a lot of really good two liter turbos out there. 
like the Mercedes one that is in the Mercedes in the, the QX30. It was, it was just a great motor for the application. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Will Downs, what do you think of Matt Farah's Chevrolet Volt if he still has it? He does not. He gave it to his sister, and I love the first-gen Volt. Mm-hmm. Um, Agree. Fuck, perfect for Southern California. Fantastic. If I had a place to plug one in, I would consider one of those. Uh, it, I love it. Trevor J. Moore, have you guys or anyone else you know driven a Colorado diesel yet? Actually, yes. If so, thoughts. Uh, go on to Hooniverse. I actually did a burnout in one. That was the, the only video I put up of that truck was me doing a burnout in a Colorado diesel. Uh, I thought it was overpriced. I didn't love it. And for just a, li- a little bit more money, I could have got the much bigger Titan XD with way more capability. Um, so that was kind of shocking to me. <clears throat> Cody Johnston, what's a good – what, were we blowing out levels there? What's going on? You sound like you're in a tin can. Oh. Uh-oh. We can always fix it later, maybe. Why do you sound like that? Hang on. Okay. So we're back. Technical difficulties. Um, but apparently it's fine. So whatever. Let's move forward. Um, Trevor J. Moore asked... I'm glad we fixed that thing, Jeff, because it was, it was really worried for a while that I fucked up the entire recording and I was just basically going to get fired the first week I did this. Um, yeah, fired from all that money I'm paying you and there was your 401k. Um, Which is $400. <laughs> it's literally a 401. It's literally. 401. Um, Trevor J. Moore. Uh, no, we already did that one. Cody Johnston. What's a good camera for shooting for a beginner thinking a Nikon D3300? It's mostly going to be used to take pictures of cars and dogs. LOL. Um, I mean, honestly, you could just get a Canon T5 and you're fine and leave it on auto and it'll learn, eventually learn to adjust one thing at a time and see how it affects your photo. And this is coming from me who never took photography classes and did any of that stuff. This is a better question for Matt who actually did take photography lessons, photography lessons. Um, but I just taught myself like what the f-stop does and what shutter speed does and and slowly learned how to use the camera but out of the box leaving it in auto they take really good fucking pictures Mm -hmm. um so you'll be fine sometimes when i'm shooting car to car i'll even go green box on the canon just to adjust for like if if it's drastically changing light it makes my life a lot easier and i did use a prime this time and it was way better yeah it's good i I put a 40 on there and it was good to go and the 40 is it's a pancake so Mm -hmm. it's like there's no movement yeah that's really good it's fucking great um, so I'm glad I did that. But yeah, I mean, you, you, whatever base, if you want to use Nikon, if you already have Nikon glass, stick with Nikon. If you want to use Canon, you have Canon glass, get Canon. Uh, Canon is a if little If you're asking this video. question, you probably don't have glass. Yeah. <laughs> Can, Canon is better for video. That's what everybody says. And I've used Canon for video. Nikon, people love it for stills, but Canon is fine there as well. Find one, stick with that one, because then you'll start to accumulate lenses and then you'll want to stay with that brand. Uh, I'm Canon, so I get Canon lenses. Other people are Nikon, so they get Nikon lens. Uh, I re- actually, on the to really fuck your head up though, I, my secondary camera is a Sony RX10. Um, I have a Mark II. They already have a Mark III. You can't change lenses on that, but it built in as a 24 to 200 Zeiss lens with a built-in ND filter. The fucking thing is dope as hell. 1500 bucks. Shoots to an SD card. Shoots RAW and JPEG. Shoots 4K if you want, but I don't. Uh, it can even do slow mo. That camera is the tits. Maybe look at that. Then you don't have to worry about lenses ever. You just worry about batteries and, and memory cards. Um, so there you go. Would you concur? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Aaron Markey's Girl France. That's a weird Facebook name. What do you think will go away sooner? Batshit crazy high horsepower cars, i.e. it's actually supposed to be EG, not to be a grammar asshole, but Hellcat. Um, wait, is that right? Yeah, example given. Right. Um, Hellcat, C7, Z06, etc., or manual transmissions in sports cars. Manual transmissions are in the process of going away, mm-hmm. so I think there's your answer. Uh, I, I don't think high-horsepower cars are going to go away yet because we're going to find ways to jack. If as displacement and output gets smaller, electrification will bring it back up. Yep. So there you go. John Kerry, who's Porsche we talked about earlier, on the F1 news front <laughs> – on the F1 news front. Oh, I'm sorry. F1 news. <laughs> How are you? What's your take on the Lewis Hamilton and Esteban Gutierrez situation? Does the bird mean something different in Europe? I've only saw the gift. <laughs> I didn't read what he did. He just gave him the finger. Yeah. What I thought it was funny. So I don't watch F1 anymore. I can't do it. Me neither, but let them be people. You know, like, people whatever. Oh, people. Yeah. But, no, I agree with you. I mean, they're all complaining about these. The rules are so fucking stupid and and. and 
I, F1 is so boring. It is, cars but it's, but it's not the driver's drivers, fault. It, uh, yeah. No, the drivers could be fascinating people. And, okay. Um, but, yeah. Robbie Creel, next time the guy from Forza is on, can you ask if they ever have a vision of integrating with Google Earth so you could race through your town on the way to the track? You know, once bandwidth and processing catches up. Oh, I bet they'd love to. I'm sure they would. I mean, if you look at Forza Horizon, it's open world, but right. they make the world. If they didn't have to do that, and right, they could, yeah. one, it saves them tons of development time, yeah. and two, you, uh, would you like to drive the entire planet? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, no, I'm sure it will. We'll never call go outside. Dan Greenwald up. And give them your idea. Um, I'm sure it comes up every time they have a new development meeting for the night. What are we doing this time, guys? Don't say Google Earth. <laughs> um, Blake Swan. Zach, why? I like this. I read this one earlier. I really like this question. Zach, why are you, you so much better than that annoying guy that talks about his podcast business and cuts off everyone to show how knowledgeable he is about Chevy small blocks? Don't answer because it is a fact. I love you, Zach. Hope you are on more of these. That's <laughs> really mean, but it's really mean. Um, well, I, I just turned Jeff's voice into a, a lost kid in a well, so I don't think I'm better. Um, <laughs> Douglas Robertson, will we ever see a Hooniverse for Smoking Tire Top Gear style challenge? Probably not because they're way too busy. We're fucking busy, man. <laughs> There's a reason Matt does the one takes. One, because it's the only way he can make money on YouTube. True. Um, and then two, just he doesn't have time. Uh, he's a very busy man these days. Um, Brandon Tyler, if it doesn't get mentioned in the episode before you get to questions, Zach, have you found a car yet? What have been some of the problems with the cars you looked at? There's been developments. Um, haven't found a car yet. I, I went and test drove an E36 sedan, blue. Gorgeous car, had a, had 180,000 miles on it, but thir- the guy owned it 13 years. He's an engineer. You know, he's the kind of person you want to buy from, but car had like a weird moaning sound, which, oh. you know, it was like, it was going to be one of those things where I was, I could lowball him. I could take a PPI, lowball him and then spend the money repairing whatever was going on and then have an Estro blue M3 sedan, which I would love. And then I went on this shoot and I hung out with Chris Harris and talked to him about cars and he, uh, right, you don't want any 36 M3. That's no, not, he, he loves them. And he's like, look, we used to use, I can't do them either. He's like, we used to use them to teach drifting, but they have one of the worst driving positions in the world. And offset, I, I've driven one it's offset before 95 that you couldn't even tilt the wheel, but it didn't, it didn't have the truck angle like the E30 did. It had a weird medium angle and you can't get the, and, the, and also the distance from, you know, the back, your seat back to the wheel is very different than your ass to your feet. So whereas the E30, you have you have a bit of reach, you know, but your feet are about the same distance. So you have the same lean on the steering wheel, but you don't feel like you're too far away from it. You know, I've driven a couple of those, and I, and I feel like I can get close enough where it all feels okay. Mm-hmm. The E36 I drove, to get your arms at the right angle that you need for, you know, proper movement, your feet are like against the dashboard. To get your feet to where they would normally be, because now cars have telescoping wheels. Right. You can't do that. So you have a... You have a fuck driving position that you can't fix unless you put a whole new steering column in. Wow. On top of the pile of interior problems that they're known for and all the other things. And I, I just talked about what I wanted to do, and he's like, dude, you should just buy an E46, which is which is what everyone's been saying, yeah, and I don't love the way budget, they look. Right? It, it increases the budget quite a bit, but – You can what, just kind what, of care for JF's car. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, but what I've found is – the amount of money you need to spend these days to get a good E36 is close to a similar uh, conditioned and mileage E46. Huh. Like 130,000 miles E46. I saw I saw with the ZCP package. That was it was 15 grand. Wow. If if you find a clean E36 with that kind of miles and maybe some suspension mods, the guy probably wants 14 or 13. They're because everyone's going for the older thing. Are parts and so forgetting. much more expensive on the E46? I think they're a little more expensive, um, but it's a better built car inside and out, and it's got more power. It's got like, you know, it's just a better overall car. I don't love it yeah. the way I do the E36 shape, but it's like if it solves all my problems right out of the gate. I personally like the way those look better, and I've only I've never driven an E36. Um, I've only driven an E46 uh, on the M3 side, and it it was fucking brilliant. 
That car is absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, if you can, if you find one, that'd be pretty dope. So that's what I'm doing now. Last question on Facebook. Aaron Stakowski, now that you're a parent, Jeff Glucker, what direction are you hoping with Sloan's first car? Something cheap and reliable so she can appreciate the cars to come or something you've kept specifically to her, such as the truck or the warm It is time to start thinking about this, by the way. Yeah, right. Um, no, I, I think I'd kind of go the, the cheap and reliable but fun route, which I think, you know, can be anything from, depending on who she grows up to be, could be a Jeep Wrangler which are really easy to drive, like really easy to learn manual or a Civic or, you know, I don't know, something like a more modern Civic with airbags and all that shit. And, um, but something, something cheap, reliable, yet there's still a hint of fun to be had. Mm-hmm. So I think my first car was an 87 Honda Prelude, which was cheap, fun, reliable. Yeah. So you want. So that'll be where that goes. All right. Let's jump to Twitter. 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 Let's go to Twitter. Um, all right. So let me pull these questions up on tweets. Tweetser. Um, how do you, uh, at petrol underscore head, how do you feel about AMG starting to kill off rear wheel drive ENS class so far? I find it sad. I agree with you because rear wheel drive AMGs are the fucking shit. They're awesome. I'm doing that drift school, but you know, I got to say like the market is dictating because they have to keep getting right. lower zero to 60 times and you're only going to do that at this point with all wheel drive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at My Life is JDM, what's the slowest car you've owned? The uh, slowest car I owned was my 98 Ford Ranger, and I used to drive it everywhere around Southern California. I drove it. I actually moved to California in that truck, so I drove it all the way cross country. It was a four-cylinder automatic Ranger. Oh, man. Um, I drove it to and from work in Southern California pinned because the top speed was like 94, so I would just go flat out. That's how I drive, flat out. And you, well, you never hit I'm 94 probably. <laughs> no, I would sit there pinned. And really? That's how I blew the motor. Oh, one man. Day. Um, mine was my Miata. Hmm. Um, what kind of Versa should I buy to tow a 5,000 pound trailer? Whatever you want. Cause I, hopefully it'll, it'll fucking kill the car. Um, so get any, is that Versa. a real question? I think it's a joke. Okay. At Hoonable. You know, what you should buy is two of them. Yeah. <laughs> and tow them off a cliff at Nofo Mariner. What's your favorite mainstream beer, i.e. Bud, Coors, et cetera? My favorite mainstream beer is not Bud or Coors. Honestly, it'd probably be one of the Mexican beers. Um, I actually have Pacifico in my fridge right now. I drink it with no lime. I don't like the lime in the beer. Um, I feel like Pacifico is actually a great pool beach beer, um, and it's something that everybody can enjoy. I, 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 My fridge doesn't often have stuff that appeals to everybody in it, but we had people over for Sloan's first birthday party, and because it's me, I had beer and wine available for the guests. Um, So I had Pacifico in my fridge, and and if if I'm at a party and someone says, this is what I have for beer, I would never be like, well, this sucks. I'd be like, awesome, thank you for giving me a beer. Mm -hmm. But if I had to choose, if you gave me a list, uh, if I went to a bar somewhere that didn't have, didn't know craft beer existed, I'd be like, ah, I'll take most likely... A uh, most likely uh, Pacifico if they have it. A good a good criteria for that is what beer would you drink that it has TV commercials? Guinness. That's that's the good answer. That's, Guinness. That's like a mainstream beer to me. I actually love Guinness. Mm-hmm. I was at a bar one night. Um, I don't think I've ever told my Guinness story on the podcast. You should. And I mean, we're running long, but whatever. Are, you're uh, probably getting tired. No, I'm, I drink that cold brew, okay. which is a great thing to do at seven um, p.m. This was before I was on the um, editorial side. I was on the business side. I was on a business trip to one of our, our second largest clients who are based in Schaumburg, Illinois, AutoCheck, Experian AutoCheck. I used to manage that relationship with NADA guys. And they were fun. It was very easy. We, like, went in for, like, 15 minutes of business and then went out for dinner and drinks. Like, that's the kind of relationship we had. They were awesome. We went to this – it's a chain bar, sports bar, restaurant thing. I don't remember what it's called in Schaumburg, and it's all around Illinois. And it was also the first night – it was game one of the NBA Finals, Lakers-Celtics. I love the Celtics. So I'm like, all right, let's get a table. And everybody, I'm more of a Yankees fan, but okay. Everybody, uh, everybody <laughs> should sit down and just kind of shut the fuck up. And I just started ordering Guinness. And for all of you out there who don't know shit about Guinness, you're like, ah, oh, it's like soup. It's so heavy. It's it's one of the lightest beers you can drink. It's super low on calories. It's 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 only like yeah. 4.5% alcohol, and it's 120 calories. It's fucking great. And you can drink a lot of them. Um so I'm just sitting there. We're having dinner. I'm drinking Guinness, drinking Guinness. Some of the people leave, cause they, and I'm just going to stay and watch the game because our meeting's done. We know these people. It's not like I'm going to embarrass myself, and, I, and I'm, I feel fine. I'm, I'm, at one point, though, I'm like, yeah, can I get another Guinness? And the server goes, she stops. She goes, you know, I just want to say I'm really impressed. I go, oh, fuck. Like I knew I was having a lot of them, <laughs> and, and she, I go, why is that? 
And she goes, well, yeah, you've had a lot of Guinness and you seem fine. I'm like, I feel fine, but how many have I had? And she goes, that was 14. You just ordered 15. I was no like, way. I go, and I, I, then I felt really embarrassed because this is still a client. Um, and I was like, oh, fuck. And, and they were like, whoa, that's awesome. And I'm like, and then in my head, I'm like, I should stop, but I do feel fine. So let's try to hit 20. And I, they, everybody left. And I stayed to watch the game. And these, like, real housewives of Chicago types were like, can we sit at your table? I'm like, and I, I'm like, sure, but just please, I just want to watch the game. Because the bar starts filling up now. With no, And Chicago doesn't give shit about Celtics, Lakers. But I, the game's almost done. And then I was going to get up and walk to my hotel. And I at around, like, 17, I forget it was. Because I'm like, I, uh, even with a light beer at that point. And this was a lot of beer. Like, it was an embarrassing amount of beer to drink. That's a lot, dude. It was a I'm, lot of beer. Like, I don't, I haven't, and I drink more beer now, and I've never done that since. Like, my grandfather drank Scott starting at 3 p.m. That's a lot of beer, Jeff. <laughs> I, I know that. It was a lot of beer that night. But you're sitting there, and they go down, and you're having dinner, and um, and I get up to leave, and that's when I'm like, wow, I'm pretty drunk. And I walk to my hotel, and I went to bed. Oh, okay. That's the. That's like a I didn't lot. get hit by a car or fall, and you just but you drank. 20 I got Guinness. up, walked home. I was fine. I drank sixteen or seventeen Guinness. Can I? Ooh, I like that. That's that's a lot. So that's my favorite mainstream beer. Now that I actually think about it, is Guinness. Um, that's actually really embarrassing to tell that story, but whatever. Um, all right. Same same person. No faux mariner. Best spot in the summer in the Northeast, Block Island or Newport? If I had to choose, I'd pick Newport. I've actually never been to Block Island, but I would totally take an answer that you didn't pick is my buddy's um, lake house in New Hampshire. I fucking love it, and I'm probably going to be there in August where we do like a guys weekend thing for all my friends from high school. It's a sick house. Well, the guy that asked the question should just go there. Yeah, don't. Don't just show up. Nope. You um, do show up because <laughs> now that you've turned this into a right. travel podcast. I didn't say which lake in New Hampshire. It's, it's Lake Jeff. Or uh, Boston. At, yeah. Like, at Long DX Commuter, which current car represents the worst of modern styling trends? Interestingly enough, some people in my Grand Sport review that went up really don't like the look of the new C7. They say it's all vents and fenders. That was my uh, my first answer. Okay. Interesting. I actually love the way the new C7 I like the shape. Proportions are good. Um, I actually like the front. My, my main problem, and I actually also wrote the Camry, is taillights. I feel like... A lot of manufacturers, Camry and C7, have this same, uh, you know, the lines start in the center. They go across, basically uh, flat, and then come down like fangs. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's trying too hard. But it, I feel like on a car like a Corvette, you can, like it's a sp- – you, you can get away with it. But for me, like the C6, I think, will always be pretty good looking. Yeah. The C5 will always be pretty good looking because it's simple, a little round. You know, right. the fenders aren't the best looking thing in the world – or the, sorry, the rear taillights aren't the best thing in the world, but they're simple. And simple is usually timeless. Wildly complex – I mean, I, I feel like this taillight thing really is um, – it speaks of the times and will not age well. I think it's – everything right now is very angular, and I, I usually joke that it's very affliction. But everything is yeah, is yeah. trying to get higher and bigger and you know like sure. we're more and it's like that and and in ten years it won't be it's a f- it's an amazing car like if I had fifty grand and I wanted to buy a, a commute slash track car yeah. I'd get a Z fifty one I right. would but right. that kind of rear accent of Wah! is yeah. just eh. no I get it I get it um, the other the other negative current styling trend is the ma- I know why we need them but massively high. Um, um, What's the word I'm looking belt for? Belt lines? Yeah, belt lines. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like Camaro. Um, this is actually a really interesting question from Long DX Commuter. What will happen to brass era cars when their current collectors die off? And I was thinking about that for a second. I honestly think the only way those cars will survive is in museums. Like, yeah. Next generations will not give a shit about those cars like the current collectors do. And you can't drive, I mean, you can't drive them. You need to either know how to repair you know, a copper carburetor that has lead jets or something, and or you need to know have the money to pay someone that knows how to do that, and that's going to be a shrinking population. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. People don't work on them anymore. Like, no, but you yeah. have an awesome shiny demo derby. That was something I found fascinating when we went to the um, – not the Gaydon Aston Martin headquarters, but their one where they, they, like, work on all the older stuff, like where they worked on Matt's car, um, Newport Pagnell. They it, they have to have a strong apprenticeship program for, to get like 
to get a young kid to work his way up to be able to hammer out fenders on a DB5 in the future. Because the guy doing it has been doing it for 60 years, or maybe not 60 years, but, but the kid, he has to just roll sheet metal for 10 years before they even let him get a crack at making his own fender. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Aston Martin will probably always have a following. Like, the DB5 will last forever. Yes. But the brass error, like, pre-war shit, like, no, no way. Because they, they also weren't very good-looking. They were very um, – we, we have a, an episode of Engineered coming up with the guy that runs Persang who builds these pre-war race cars. And before Bugatti started doing what he was doing, the cars were really just – they was such a new formula of internal combustion motivation. Yeah. They just put the engine on like a ladder frame wherever it kind of fit, put a radiator on it, put some seats in it. There was right. no real shape. Right, right. No, I think I think you're absolutely right there. Um, I'm just going to pull up my notes back up because that was the last tweeter question. Um, so Twitter. thanks for sending in all those questions. Uh, now's the part of the episode where I'm going to do the Patreon call out that I warned you guys all about. I want to thank the, I think it's nine folks so far who are giving us cash on Patreon. You guys all rock. I'll be shipping stickers your way soon. Those of you who jumped up to the level with the T-shirt as well, stand by for that. I'm designing and ordering those soon. Uh, For those of you who haven't done so, I told you we're still friends. But if anybody out there is interested in joining us on this wonderful, stupid thing called Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Hooniverse Podcast. The Hooniverse Podcast is one word. Um, We have different levels. Um, and if you're interested in helping us out, it would go a long way because we use fuel and time and all this other shit to, to do this little slice of the internet. And like I said before, if you don't, if you can't, whatever, just keep listening. We're happy to have you. But if you can, that'd be great. It's like a tip jar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Zach, where can everybody follow you online? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Zach Clapman. My name is spelled Z-A-C-K-K-L-A-P-M-A-N because everyone spells it with a C. And uh, watch the Smoking Tire. Listen to the Smoking Tire. Listen to the Smoking Tire podcast. Yes, where I will learn English. <laughs> um, and also watch Drive. Also watch Drive. Uh, Tuned is going to be coming up. We're doing some rad stuff uh, like this Friday Night Eleven, and Engineered is going to be coming out with some new episodes too in September. I'm um, going to learn a bunch more about how I built cars wrong. Awesome. Um, follow me on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Also follow at the Hooniverse on Instagram. I'm Hooniverse Jeff. Uh, go to our YouTube channel. Just put put Hooniverse in, in the YouTube search bar. Find us. Go to Hooniverse.com this week and read all about our project cars. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And then go to Patreon and uh, give us your money. Yeah. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs>